0: Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, but this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from there or here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone." And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we asking that you speak to us revelation, inspiration, insight, wisdom, understanding, that we might know your will for us, the people of God, and for the church, that we will learn how to deal with the issue of temptation. Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, that you've given us power to overcome. And, Father, it's that same power that I'm asking that you would empower me with as I stand before your people to minister the true riches of your word. Will you empower me by your Holy Spirit? so that, Lord, you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. And may be seated in his presence this morning. We're beginning a brand new series uh, today uh, entitled Temptation. Simply entitled Temptation. Each one of us is faced with an array of unholy temptations. We battle with things such as pride, materialism. We are tempted with lust and greed and dishonesty. And how many know being saved does not make you immune from being tempted? We're gonna be tempted. I can recall that when I first came into the kingdom of God some years ago, many years ago now, and having not been fully taught, I did not understand that when I was tempted, there was a period of time in my walk with God that I was very, very frustrated because I was of the opinion that when you're saved, there are just certain things that, you know, you're not supposed to be tempted with, certain things that's not even supposed to come into your mind. And so I went through this period of some deep frustration until I really learned how to deal with the flesh and understand how the spirit is to interact with that in my life. And so I understand, and you should understand that you will be tempted. How many know Jesus was tempted? Every day we have to battle, you have to battle your flesh. We have been saved by his Holy Spirit. God has he's given us his Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, we've been saved by his blood and he has empowered us. He's given us of his Holy Spirit to equip us and to give us power to live right. And I really believe that we can come to a point in our walk with God that you can walk victoriously every day of your life overcoming sin. Some of y'all don't really believe that. But he gave you power. The more the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So when the Holy Spirit, when we submit our lives fully and completely to the Holy Spirit, how many you know good things happen? Amen. Yet and still, you still have this internal battle that you're struggling with, right? You have your flesh, which is your own, your own issues. And of course, you have the devil trying to work through your flesh, your flesh to lure you to do things that you know that you ought not be doing. So how do we deal, deal with this issue of temptation? I recall the Apostle Paul, having you know being in, a, being in the company of the Apostle Paul is, is, is a good thing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says, No, but I beat my body mm, and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I may, myself will not be disqualified from the prize. Now, all of us have heard and we have seen of people, in fact, as just recently, I, my heart I always ache when I hear of any man or woman of God that has succumbed to temptation. I had listened the other day it was a well-known pastor of a very large church, I believe in Indiana, that have fallen prey to temptation. All of us have a proclivity to certain sins. You got to know where you are. You need to understand yourself. You need to have conversations with yourself. You need to be very honest with yourself. Amen? If you're going to overcome sin, you need to understand some things. You need to know where you are. You need to know where your shortcomings are. You need to understand so that when the enemy tempts you, you'll know how to, how to defend yourself. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26, he was about to go on the cross and die. And he has assembled together a few people, his disciples, Peter and a couple of brothers, sons of Zebedee. He says, look, I want you to to sit here, I want you to, uh, uh, to stay here and watch and pray while I go pray. Jesus is about to endure his greatest trial, his greatest affliction, his greatest difficulty where he's about to bear the entire sins of the whole world. And he comes back and he finds the people that were supposed to have been praying with him. How many know when you're going through some stuff, you want to know somebody's in the trenches with you? Jesus comes back and he finds his disciples. <sniffs> They're asleep. And he says, Could you not just pray with me for one hour? Could you just not give me just a little bit of your time? And then he tells them, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Shortly thereafter, when the pressure came, Peter leading the way. You remember, Lord, if everybody else runs, if everybody else, Lord, leaves you, you know what? I won't. But when the pressure came, when the temptation came, I mean, know they all left Jesus. They ran. They couldn't take it. So we have to pray and and we have to understand that this flesh is a part of our life. This flesh, your flesh, still remember where you left off at. Paul said that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Nothing good about your flesh. So we must understand how we are to deal with the desires and the lust of our flesh, the lust against the things of God. I want you to listen very carefully. I want to make a statement. Uh, do me a favor. Can I get just everybody just to just, just move forward a little bit? And you see, just move forward. All right, I want you to listen. I want to talk to you. Okay. The whole world system. Everything in this world is designed to lure you away from the will of God. Do you hear me? This world system I mean, you know, in our society today, lust is promoted. immorality is promoted. You can't go five, ten yards down the street without seeing some image, something that, that, that just, 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 just yells and screams against the will of God. Greed is promoted in our society. We look at our politicians, some of the folks that are some of the biggest liars are in politics. The system is corrupt. Everything that God tells you to, not to do, the world does not but here's the problem you and I are like right here in all of that so the world goes round and round in sin and he says that we are the light of the world and so we're not, to, we're not supposed to everybody say you're not supposed to you, are, you and I are not supposed to give in to the lust of the world Romans 12 1 says be not conformed to this world but be what Transform. by the renewing of your what Renewing of your mind, meaning that we listen, it is a fight to live right. I didn't even plan it. It It's a it's you got to fight to live right. You got to fight your flesh. You got to like Paul said, you gotta beat it down every day because temptation is coming temptation is coming. Everywhere you look it's there. Let's just deal with it. Let's just be honest. This series, we're going to deal with some things this series. Some things we're going to deal with. Because the reality of it is, is now now I want you, are you still listening? You remember the story of Adam and Eve, right? Um, How that uh, Eve and Adam was tempted. Y'all do know and realize that it wasn't about the fruit. Amen. Do you really think it was all about the fruit? Do you think the thing that Satan tempts you with, do you think it's really about that thing that he's tempting you with? That thing is a vehicle to get at what he really wants. Your purpose, your destiny, your calling. And so what does he do? He throws things in your pathway so that he can get at, really, get at what's really, really important to him. He hates God. He hates God's people. And he wants to overthrow the kingdom of God. And one of the best ways that he can do that is to get us, who, who are his representatives, to be quiet or to ruin our whole reputation. Don't listen to that person. You can't deal. Look at what they did. You know, every Christian that struggles, you know how quick do you see how quick the world jump up there and they highlight it every single time? You think about it. every time a man of God or a million of God, every time, every time there's, there's even a perceived hint of sin. Boy, they run out there quick to drag it out. Look at that. It's the system of the world. Amen. See? It runs counter to what God wants us to do. So, so we understand, so now we understand that I'm in a fight as Romans chapter 6 talk about how that we should not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. I'm in a fight of my life. And I said to you before, and I'll say it again, and I know you got the same heart. How many of you want to finish well? I want to finish strong. I want to, I was watching you sing bolt the other day. Y'all been watching the track and field? Every time I see that brother, he's like, strong. I envision myself running like that for God. Just knocking it out of the park. I don't want to be being defeated by temptation. I don't want to be in and out of sin. I don't want to be struggling with things that God delivered me from. I don't want to be uh, succumb to the the temptations of this world. I want to have my mind and my head set like a flint. And I want to finish strong. Without the steroids, hallelujah. Legally, in the kingdom of God. How many you know Paul says we're in a race? Paul said it this way, that we're to run that race in, a, in such a way that we're winners. How do you know temptation is designed to trip you up? Amen. Satan wanted to trip you up, but how many you know that uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? So he's working overtime if he can, to try to abort your destiny. But look at your neighbor and say, it's not going to happen. Now run on over with me to James chapter number one. I'm going I'm to roll this morning because I don't want to keep it too long. We got a long day ahead of us a little bit. James chapter one, so y'all just going to have to keep up. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Everybody say blessed. Blessed, hey. <laughs> blessed is the man who endures temptation. How many know that that word endure means that you got to stand. You got to fight against. You got to endure. He said, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So here's the key. Understanding that every time that we endure temptation, you, you know what's on the other side of that? Blessing. See, every time she did it's interesting that the devil, you ever notice that whenever he tempts you with anything, he, you know, it's just like, it's just like you're looking at TV. And, you know, and they show you all the commercials about, you know, how cool it is to, to drink. And they show you all the commercials about those who are, how cool it is to puff a cigarette. And then one day I was watching TV and they showed this lady on TV. Y'all know what I'm talking about that commercial? Yeah, the lady had a hole in her throat. She, she didn't have any hair. She, I don't know if she had it. I don't think she had long. She, she put a whole self together. It's amazing. But when the devil shows you stuff, he never really shows you what it really is. Amen. Hallelujah. He always enticed you to say, hey, 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 you can get it. It's kind of like, like the brother in the book of Genesis, y'all know what I'm talking about, uh, that sold his birthright. Who did that? Esau. Esau sold his birthright for momentary pleasure. Ah, you can have it. You can, you, can, you can enjoy yourself. And when you do, how many know that you've been hoodwinked, bamboozled? <laughs> the devil tricked you because he tempt you to do something. Now that temptation, everybody, like we said, everybody have a temptation and a proclivity to work certain things, right? Some got anger problems, some got lust issues, some got proclivity to alcohol or drugs or uh, anger or you name it, whatever your problem is. Satan's going to look at that, he's going to try to use that to get you to do something whereby you forfeit your blessing. But he says, blessed is the man that endures. So when I'm sitting there, and the temptation is coming at me, and you know sometimes when when, when temptation comes, it becomes hard, don't it? That's why he says blessed is the man that endures. I mean, endure, that's a strong word. That means some some temptations are really, really hard. Am, Am I right about it? But you got to endure it because he said, if you endure it, here's what's going to happen. Not only will we receive the crown of life, which we know that those who are in Christ who walk with the Lord and, you know, we have ultimately our our salvation. We're secure in Christ. But also, there's a blessing living right here and now. I mean, you've been duped and you won't admit it. Don't say it. But the devil tricked you and you did it and you realize it made you miserable. Oh, he can get that car. I don't just saying. And now you can't, you're struggling now because the enemy just told you, you deserve it. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And now you're sitting there struggling and you can't even, and you're jacked up. You're unhappy. You're bound. And how many know that the enemy, he, he's looking at all of those things. How many know your finances have a way to destroy lives? How many know money destroys lives, things, and people? If your money is not right, it can ruin your marriage. The devil knows that. So he's going to tempt you with things, right? Love not the world or the things of the world. For if any man loves the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's 1 John 2. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. What does the devil do? He tempts you with what? Things. See, when things got you, you you, got to look out. If you're a person that's prone to materialism, you better watch out because that's the avenue that Satan would try to use to come against you. That's why you need to be free to say, you know, I, I got things, but I don't love things. Things don't have me. You're tracking with me. They don't have me. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't love things to the degree that I forfeit what it is that God is calling me to do as a believer right here in this earth. That's why the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. We did a sermon not too long ago. We talked about this. But, but, but you know, you got to realize that the number one thing, that, that, the thing that, mo- that, that has to energize you more than anything else is the things of God. And you know what energizes you. You know what got your heart. Everybody in here, you know, if God really has your heart, and you know that some, you know, some places sometimes we're not, you know, we got little territories that we give over to God, and some places that we kind of keep to ourselves. You, you, you know, that's that's a problem. Because let I me mean, know, you don't really keep nothing to yourself. Let I me mean, know the devil is sneaky. So he says, "Blessed is the man that endures temptation." Look at the neighbor and say, "I'm going to endure this." And let's keep going. So let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Okay? Let nobody say, well, it's God's fault. What did Adam say when he got tempted? It's that woman, God. It's her. Even though he was trying to put it back on God, it's the woman you gave me, that one. And you notice today, watch, talk about the spirit of the world. You notice today that it's nobody's fault no more. People shoot and kill people, and they say, it ain't my fault. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but, you know, I'm not. That's right. But and I mean, think about it. I mean, nobody, it's nobody's fault no more. They just got problems. They just got mental problems. How did you get a mental problem? How do we arrive there? I'm not, I'm not making light of people that have... I believe that there are clinical issues with some people, but, but let's be clear about something. You reap what you sow. We are responsible for what we do. We can't blame nobody. I'm the one, Lord, that's in need of help. I'm the one that did this, Lord. And, and I'm not, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to sweep it under the rug, but I'm, I'm going to own up. How I many no people of God ought to own up? We ought to own up and recognize and realize that we must be a people of truth. So God doesn't tempt anybody. God proves you. I mean, when the devil tempts you, the devil tempts you to trip you up. See, when the devil tempts you, his goal is to try to get you to fall flat on your face. But see, when God tempts you, God tempts you to test you, to prove you. It's kind of like in this particular passage we're reading this morning, our our foundational text. uh, Jesus really kind of demonstrated and did what Adam and Eve did not do. He demonstrated how you need to deal with the devil. And how many know you can't play with the devil? The devil is powerful. Can't play with sin. I've known people to toy with things. Man, they get, I mean, you can't play with can fire, you get burned. That's what we used to have this little thing at our school when I was a little kid. We used to call him Smokey the Bear. You know, you know this little guy. Yeah, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but some of your older folks. We said, I grew up in the country. And we said, I really, I really believe Smokey the Bear was real. And see, so they had this guy dressed in a bear suit. And I was scared of him. He's big, had a big old bear suit. I thought it was real. But Smokey always said, don't play with matches. Don't play with matches. And I know that had a profound effect on me. I'm here today because of smoking, no, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let no one say when he's tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anybody. Well, watch this. But each man, in verse 14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his what? Uh-oh. By his own desires and his own lusts, all right? Let's take a look at that for a second. His own desires. So understand that you recognize and realize that there's a lust that is in your flesh, right? If you don't believe that, I can give you several examples. Your flesh is always at enmity with God. Your flesh is hostile, right? Your flesh, if your flesh had it way you would be a mess. Your flesh is that old nature. I mean, no, it's always like trying to get in there, right? Trying to force you to do the things that you know you're not supposed to do. The flesh—it's a war going on. Look at me, so I'm, at war I'm in war with my own self. <laughs> now, now listen to this. Um, I said before, I said a moment ago that we. Guys, yeah. where are we? What happened? Testing, Is it okay? All right. Oh, check the recorder. Make sure it's still recording. I don't know what happened here. I didn't hit anything. I promise. But we must all recognize, right, where we are, right now. Um, how many of you watch basketball? Uh, you know, I, I'm a Laker fan. You know, and uh, they hot now. I'm telling you right now, the Lakers are bad. They just got Dwight Howard. Look out! Party over. Give us a championship. All right, but. Shaquille O'Neal. Y'all remember Shaquille O'Neal? Man. Dominant. Powerful. I mean, if the ball get down deep in the paint, forget about it. Shaquille, Shaquille was dumping on He put the whole team on his back and dunk. There was no stopping Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, in my, in my for the, all the years I've been watching basketball, I ain't never seen anything like him. He's a freak of nature. The boy was just bad. But Shaquille had a little problem too. He couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. I never heard of it. I never heard. I never seen this over the years, but they came up with this phraseology that, 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 that they called it hack-a-shack. So, what they did, so they couldn't stop him because his strength, the boy was strong. I mean, he's a beast of a man. Couldn't stop him. But they said, here's what we do. Well, he got a weakness though. He can't shoot a free throw. Right. So you know what he did? Take my hand out of my pocket. So you know what he did? It's, it's, that, it's that every time he would get the ball, they would, get, they would jump on his back, they would hit him, bam, foul him, get on the line. And I remember sitting there watching. I, was like, I said, this should be illegal. Should not have to stop the game. You play basketball. Stop fouling people on purpose. But the ref said it was, it was right. It was legal. And Shaq would get up there I and mean, You see them free throws, bonk. I mean, they did the ball, I mean, sometimes he didn't even hit the rim. Like, gosh, bro, you can't. And so that became a thing. Hacker Shaq, Hacker Shaq, Hacker Shaq. But then, so Shaq knew this, right? Because, I mean, it, it, it just got ridiculous that now his strength was being undermined by his what? weaknesses. See? So Shaq had to change some things. Now, how many know Shaq never did become a great free throw shooter? Never did. But what he did was he learned to manage or he cultivated his strengths. But he managed his weaknesses. He cultivated his strength. His strength is his strength. But he managed his weakness. And so what he did was he never became a great free throw shooter. But he started making some of them and he made enough that it did not undermine his strength. How many know that you have some weaknesses in the kingdom? If you don't watch it, your weakness can undermine whatever your gift or whatever your strength is. Kind of like what we said earlier, if, if a person have a disposition toward a certain sin, but they, and you can be gifted, you can be anointed, You can be be one of the best teachers, speakers, you can be good at your craft, your job, but you can lose it all in one moment. One moment, one bad choice, and it's over. Because you had this one character, we call it character flaws. This one character flaw, this one issue that we did not deal with. And that one issue undermined everything that God Wanted to do, I said that to say you got to know where your weaknesses are. What struggles? What what you know? What 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 tempts Brother Larry is different than what tempts me. Y'all that make sense? So you t- everybody's tempted in some way. You got some issue. You know my battle ain't your battle, but you get in a battle. And, and you need to understand. Okay, where are my weakness at? What, what are my problem? Okay, so I got to do a little bit more. I was listening to a preacher last night, and uh, not last night, but uh, a couple days ago. Actually, I was reading, and, and he said that that he don't have a TV in his house. And I know some of y'all. Y'all already is like. Mm. Y'all read it. And you know what he said? He said. You know why he said? And he's, and he's a well-known preacher. I told you his name. You know. And, uh, and ain't no scandal with him. But you know what he said? He says, he says, I can't do it. He said, I got an addictive personality. And he has a, he has a disposition towards some things. So he said, well, you know what he does? I ain't going to give the devil a chance. I ain't going to let my flesh get any room at all. I ain't going to give the devil no place. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the TV out. Now, that sounds I like guess a little drastic, right? That sounds like way up. But, but you know, really it's not. Because when you're determined to live for God and you understand the calling that God has on your life, you're not going to compromise that. You will do what you got to do. If I got to stay in the room and I got to have convulsions, I'm going to get up from here victorious. So if I got to put some things down in order so that I can fulfill my destiny, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So you got to be honest about where you are. You gotta be honest about what you have a disposition toward. Now, watch this. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Run there real quick. Y'all still with me? Alright. Are you getting something out of this? Alright, now stay with me. Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> I love this verse. It says. And look at verse number 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Who is that? Jesus. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus. The son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest. Who cannot what? Watch this. Sympathize with our weakness. But in all points tempted as we are, yet without what? Now how many know Jesus was tempted, but he ain't had no sin in him? Jesus wasn't standing there struggling like, oh, I'm struggling with lust. No, 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 no. no. Jesus ain't struggling with no lust. He ain't struggling. And Jesus said, this world ain't got nothing in me. <laughs> oh, good. How many know he, he had to be, he's the perfect lamb of God. He was sinless. He wasn't tempted from the inside. He was tempted on the outside. There were things that he saw. But none of those things moved him. He was tempted yet without what? Sin. So let's understand that. So Jesus was without sin. And then here's the other thing that we must recognize. Do you believe that it's a sin to be tempted? That means you can answer me, yes or no? No. Jesus was tempted. You don't need to feel bad about being tempted. Maybe you need to feel bad about it if you're starting to contemplate it. And do it and follow through with the temptation of something unholy. But watch how this thing goes. He says, Let us therefore come boldly, everybody say boldly, boldly. to the throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace and help in time of need. You know, in my moments of temptation, I have learned that that is a key ingredient for me. That whenever I feel tempted to do anything, even just to lose it I quickly start going to Lord I need help I need mercy I need grace Lord will you please come and help me because it says that we have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities I mean no Jesus know what it feels like to be rejected Amen. he knows what it feels like to be hurt Amen. he knows what it feels like to be lied on Amen. he knows what it feels like to be beaten he know what it feels like to have somebody say, I don't want nothing to do with you. He know what it feels like to have people that he loved walk away from him. He experienced all of it, yet he still remained faithful to God. And you know what? You can too. And not that the amazing? That's why the Bible says he's given up his Holy Spirit. So that we can, Jesus says, it's expedient for you that I go away. It's a good thing because if I don't go away, then, then the Spirit will not come. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of all of us to give us the power yeah. to live right. Thank you, power that normally we would be tripling and falling all over ourselves, but he's given us of his Holy Spirit so that we can have victory. Look at the name say victory. victory. Now, now, let's look at this thing because I gotta run because I gotta only got a couple minutes here. Now watch. Let's, let's keep going with this. Um, Look at, uh, look at. The, go back to Luke chapter four, if you will. Jesus, and we're in Luke chapter four. So we, let's talk about this, and then we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap it up with this passage here. Now watch. Let's read this and kind of understand how the enemy of our soul worked. How many know that Satan? His tactics never really change. Well, maybe his tactics change, but his His intents are always the same. You start studying. It's amazing, but I was looking at Genesis chapter 3 and then just kind of looking at how the enemy was tempting Jesus. And I just begin to see the parallel. And you begin to understand, you know what? There's really nothing new under the sun. That's a scripture in Ecclesiastes. Nothing really new. The devil's the same old devil. And let's look at how how he does. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, that, that, that'll shake you up right there, wouldn't it? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In Matthew's gospel, it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Amen. To be tempted. See, you remember the first Adam, he failed the test, right? The second Adam, as it says in Romans chapter 5, he passed the test. And he's going to demonstrate to us how you are supposed to deal with temptation. Now watch this. Uh, Being tempted for 40 days, watch this, by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. All right? 40 days. How many of you have been on one of those fasts and you ate nothing for 40 days? I haven't gotten to that kind of fast yet, so y'all pray for me. But I'm believing at some point that God's going to lead this church to a 40-day fast. I'm just giving y'all, and some of y'all are like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'll make sure I'm not here those months. But listen. But some, some you, know, you know what? Jesus says some sins are only dealt with by fasting and prayer. Some bondages can't be broken unless you start doing some serious fasting and prayer. If you got some hangups in certain areas, you've been struggling with it up and down, yo-yo, some things only come away, they only get dealt with by getting on your knees, fasting and praying. Look, not eating for a while. And 40 days and 40 nights seemed to be almost, I wouldn't say anointed, but you know, there's a few people in the Bible that did that. And everyone I know that did that, they came back strong, amen. powerful, a highly anointed. I mean, you want to be highly anointed. Amen. All right. Keep that in mind. I want to remember this. You got it on tape. They said, amen. I'm going to play that back. Amen means yes. Be, be it so. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when, he, when they had ended, he was hungry. Right, so forty days after the forty days, he's hungry. Now, how many know Satan knows when to come? This is not Satan didn't just happen to show up at the you know. Well, he was tempted for forty-four days, but 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 now Satan comes with a with, with even a more uh, a ferocious. He comes at him. He goes, watch this. And the devil said to him, "If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread." And interesting. Satan came to him at his moment where he's weak. At his moment when he's very hungry. Yeah, you know, he haven't, Brother Larry haven't eaten for 40 days. You know, if you happen to go on one, or some of us, we just go on one day fast. I know for me, I'm not going on a one day fast. I mean, I smell some chicken. I'm in, I mean, I'm like struggling. You know, you do two, three days, I mean, it's 40 days. And here comes Satan. When did he come? When Jesus is hungry. When Jesus is in need. When Jesus is perceived to be weak. I know when Satan comes in your life, when does he come? He comes when you're weak. He comes, listen, watch this. This is why, this is why you need to develop some disciplines in your life. Satan comes, you know, if you ain't had sleep, how many know when you haven't slept for a while, you, you ain't the same person. I know I'm not. Amen. And Satan will come He'll come through your flesh. I mean, if you ain't slept, you'll snap off. you go off at people. I mean, when you ain't, you ain't really right, your, your spirit ain't right, you'll say things you shouldn't be saying. I mean, Satan's going to come at you when you are most vulnerable. Emotionally, if you're struggling, if, 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 you, if you have suffered a loss, when is Satan going to come and try to dangle things in front of you? When you're sitting there and you're struggling with it. He's gonna come, he'll throw, he'll throw things in your pathway. Jesus, if you're the son of God. Correct translation there would be, since you're the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It's interesting there that when we talk about by every word of God, and here's what Jesus is doing, he's quoting the word. But what Jesus is simply saying is that uh, it's more important for me to obey God than to have some food in my stomach. It's the issue of what did God say? See, one of the things that help us to overcome temptation is understanding what did God say? what did God say about the issue you see when, when Adam and Eve when they fell in the garden what should have been said what Eve should have said was, was simply God said now watch and she even kind of repeats it She's, you know, I'm not supposed to eat of that fruit well the problem was then she started having conversations with the devil and, and you know and, and you, you, you don't want to do that you don't want to start having conversation with the devil it's like my wife. My wife was doing this. I told them in this yesterday in the study. My wife was doing a, a Bible study with Destiny and Jeremiah. I said, what y'all learn today? And, and, uh, and they said, well, And they, was talking about the, they, were, they were talking about Adam and Eve. That's what the devotional was about. So what did y'all learn today? She said, oh, well, we learned to obey God and, and not, li- not to listen to talking animals. <laughs> that's, a lot. that's wisdom right there. I said, that's strong. That's strong. See, but Jesus answered and said, Man shall never live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So then, so then, understanding that the key to, one of the keys to overcoming temptation is knowing what God said. The more you know about what God said, the less, less likely you are to be tempted. See, if a person don't really know what God said, then how will you really know? Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain. I mean, you know, he take him up on a high mountain. Watch this. I mean, you no, know, the devil is persistent. Showed him all the kingdom of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. for this has been delivered to me. Who gave it to him? Adam. God said you're to have, how many know that God told Adam you're to have dominion? How many know we're supposed, how many, we're supposed to have dominion? I was thinking about this the other day. I said, here it is that God said that we're supposed to have dominion as a people of God. And we're taking how many of we're supposed to have dominion over plants and stuff, and we're smoking them. Getting drunk on uh, crack, drugs. You know, it's funny. I was in L.A. not too long ago. They had these people come out there that was called the green doctors. And people are slave to stuff that we're supposed to have dominion over. And then not only that, but we pervert it. And we're supposed to be people of God that have dominion over that stuff. But yet that stuff is driving us. But let's look look at how Jesus dealt with this with this thing. He says. Then the devil took him up in a high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world in the moment of time. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, but this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Um, the first, what's the first, the first red flag there would be, uh, you know, if, I, if the devil, like, said this to me, I think one of the first things I would say is, well, devil, I already have it all. I know the devil is trying to tempt you with that you already have. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells in it. And the Bible also said the meek shall inherit the earth. Know who that is? You and I are saved. It's already ours. Amen. Watch. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. You see what he's saying? Jesus, if you, watch this. He said, Jesus, Jesus, if you would just just worship me, just give me just a little bit. Will give you everything. What does he say to the guy that's selling drugs? You want a nice car? You want a nice, you want some nice shoes? You want a lot of money? Just 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 worship me. Just do what I tell you to do. Just just do what I tell you to do. And, and I will give you everything. And how many know it's a lie? The devil is a liar. And we ought to hate him for it. I hope you do hate him. I hate him with everything that's in me. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And Jesus answered and said to him, watch this. Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now watch. Say with me. Now, I want to translate that in modern day translation. Jesus said, get thee behind me is almost, if I was translating that in today's language, Satan, get out of my face. You know how do you know that uh, you can't play with devils? You, uh, let me put it to you this way: um, You know, how, you know what, what, did, what was Eve's big, big issue? Her problem was that she she started having a conversation with the talking animal. as we said before? Amen. She started talking to him. And hey, here's how the devil does: Hey, hey you you know, you know now you you know you work hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do work hard, and and, and you know that that. That person ain't no good. That, that no good spouse of yours, ain't no good. Mm-hmm. You, you right. You know you deserve somebody that would treat you right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you come on over here and, and, and look, I mean, and, and after all, they would treat you really, really nice. And then, you know, you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that what happened to Eve? Eve? You can eat this fruit. She looked at it. She said, well, it looks good. It can make me wise. Makes a lot of sense to me. I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. And boy, when she went for it, and boy, when we go for it, usually we end up disappointed. Because you know how people say, the grass is green on the other side? No, it ain't. If the grass is green on the other side, that means you need to water yours. <laughs> Amen? Water yours. If it's green on us out, get, get the water hose and water yours because the devil is a liar. But it's interesting that Jesus was very, very frank. You know, he didn't have a long conversation with the devil. See, when you're dealing with temptation, one of the things, when you're being tempted, the enemy would just start whispering to you, hey, you, go ahead and do it. And you're sitting there struggling. You're like, should I do it? Should I go for it? Should I? Should I? Should I, should I do it? Should I? Should I? And, and, and you're sitting there having a conversation with yourself. And, you, and, you, and, you, and you're actually entertaining it. But we look here, I don't see Jesus even. Jesus is very, very frank. Get, get behind me. I'm not gonna play with this. I'm not gonna play with sin. Oh, you know what? I can handle this. I can go into this place and I ain't gonna sin. I can walk into this store and do this and that and it ain't gonna bother me. I don't even think like that anymore. I'm gonna tell you something right now, I don't even give myself a shot. Brother told me one day, we were arguing me, he said, brother, why you don't want to go in the Hooters? I ain't going in the Hooters. I don't need no woman half-dressed serving me food unless it's my wife. Come on. I ain't going, I'm not going to put myself, now some of y'all, I don't know if some of y'all go to Hooters, I ain't, you know. I'm just saying, for me, I ain't walking in there. I ain't going into places that won't even think about tantalizing my flesh. I don't even want it. I'm not even going to go, I'm not even going to give it a chance I'm not going to give the devil a chance to try and, and lure me outside of the will of God. I mean, we would be wise to do that, to protect yourself. If you're going to overcome temptation. I mean, you, know, you need to protect yourself. You need to know where you are. You need to protect yourself. Now watch. Then he brought him to Jerusalem on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the son of God, here you go again. Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now listen to this for a second. Um, what What is Satan doing right there in that verse? You know what he's doing? Do you know what he just did? He just quoted scripture. Did he not? But what he did was he took that scripture. That's Psalm 91, I believe, he's quoting he took that scripture out of context. That scripture was really about how God, you know, will protect and care for his people. But he took it out of context to say that Jesus, just go ahead, just just throw yourself. And that's how the devil does. He takes the word of God out of context. I was talking with some families the other day and every every false doctrine all that usually somebody to pull one scripture out of context and they build something out of it and get a lot of folk in trouble. Isn't that what he did? He took. He, he took. The, he took it's, it's almost like the crazy. Well, I don't say. Lord, forgive me. I don't want to say crazy. But you know, you know. You ever you ever see, heard about the snake handlers? You know, these people who believe that that the Apostle Paul the snake bit them and, and they're gonna shake it off. So what they do is they play with rattlesnakes. Y'all ever seen those? And every time you hear about it, they died, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay, Paul was not, Paul just happened to be there and a snake bit him and he shook it off. But that was not to say that now we're to go around and, and handle snakes. And Come on, people. That's a perversion of the scripture. That's what Satan, Jesus, won't you just go ahead and jump? Jesus probably would have jumped and Jesus would have missed his opportunity if he would have listened to Satan. He can't listen to Satan. And people do that stuff and people take stuff out. Well, you know what? Well, if, if it happened then, and he, if the snake bit him, then I'm going to play with the snake. And everybody out here that did that, they end up dying. I just say, well, you know what? And, and part of me is like, I feel bad, but another part of me, like, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, no, we we We, we got to be careful. So if Jesus goes, that, that verse was never meant for, for us to go around and say, well, you know what? Let me just go, let me tempt God and let me just go and, and, and jump off the cliff and see if God will take care of me. Okay, go ahead, and jump off the cliff. Go ahead. I'll be preaching your funeral. That is a bad thing. That is called perversion. That is called wrong. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's wrong. And that's what Satan does. He twists the word of God. He manipulates the word of God. And Jesus says, but Jesus was quick with it, wasn't he? He said, don't tempt the Lord your God. But then it ends with this verse. Watch this. It says, the devil left him until another time, an opportune time. You know what that means? He's coming back. He's coming back. Finally, we're going to close with this verse. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and we're done. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is that? Who back there said that amen that quick? Brothers, here we go. Okay, hand out of my pocket. That's, uh, <laughs> All right. Are you there? Gotta get another amen? Watch this. No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man. So temptation, we all have to experience temptation, right? But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, okay? Now that's a good verse, right? Now, Do, 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 do you kind of think that he's going to remove the temptation? No, nah, nah, he ain't going to remove the temptation. He says, who will not, not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation we will also make a way of what? Escape. So every time you find yourself being tempted to sin against God, you think about whatever it is, here's what you need to do. Look, look for the exit signs. Because usually there's an escape. You know before, let's be honest, before we sin in any way, usually there's always this little thing in us saying, don't do it. Right? There's usually like a little warning. Like hold up, wait a minute. Before you go off, I mean, I almost, I mean, I was in my police car, I was in my car, but nobody knows the police car because it's undercover. And, uh, you know, somebody, somebody cut me off. And uh, for a brief second, I forgot I'm pastor. And I thought, and, I, and you know, they went ahead of me, so I said, I'm gonna get up and catch up. And the Holy Spirit said, hold, hold, wait, wait a minute. Because I was ready to react. I, don't, I'm not, I wasn't gonna do anything crazy. I'm just saying, I get tempted too. But there's an escape route. Sometimes the escape route is, go to bed. There you go. Go to sleep. Cut the phone off. Or it could be a beep, a text, or something, a warning. You know, God used to give warning. Take the escape route. When you're being tempted, just, you know what, I'm out. I'm gone. Because he's going to always give you a way of escape so that you can do what? Bear it. He ain't gonna remove the temptation, but he's gonna give you the grace to bear it, and he's gonna give you an escape route. We'll be wise to take it. Take the escape route. Look for the fire exits. Whenever you get, if you're getting mad, if you got a problem with anger, look for the fire exits. If you got a fire problem with lust, look for the exits. Lordy, you know what did Joseph do when he got in trouble? Joseph said, "I'm out of here. I ain't even talk to you." Brother just ran. We think he ran. I, I'm sure that she wasn't an ugly woman. He wasn't running because he was ugly. He was running because he knew I got to get up out of here. I might get myself in what? Trouble? I mean, no, you got you to gotta be wise. And so, so listen. This is the beginning of our series on temptations. So we're going to learn a lot. But just stand to your feet, if you will. Let's take a moment and just, and just search our hearts and we're all believers in here today, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit spoke to you just like He's speaking to me. He just told me to keep my hand in my pocket. So, right. so let's take a moment and examine our hearts. let's be honest before God this morning how I many know we need to be honest with God we need, we, need, we come to church you know church is supposed to be an instrument that changes you, that transform you this is not something where we're here to impress people we come to church because we want to worship God and we want to be made whole, amen now, if you're struggling with some areas of sin in your life and I'm not talking about just you know we all have a temptation I'm talking about You've been just getting defeated. We don't want to know what it is, but you say, "Pastor, in this area of my life, I just get—I'm getting my butt whipped, I'm getting kicked—and you just, just like it says over in Hebrews, you need to find help and mercy. You need God's grace and mercy so that He can help you to overcome that." I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. We're not here to embarrass anybody. We don't even know when—it's not our business what it is i give you an opportunity to come to the altar this morning allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. The altar means change. It's a place where we, we make a change. Search your heart. Father, we thank you this morning so much for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you, Father, for giving us the power to overcome Father, you know the heart of every person here. You know what our struggles are, Lord, and we thank you, Father, there's grace with you. And we are praying today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would give us a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to overcome, Father, the temptation and the lust in our flesh. Forgive us, Lord, for every time, Lord, that we walked outside of your will. We've allowed ourselves to succumb to those those drives that are not like you, Lord. And and Father, I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will sense a new power, that we're more sensitive to your voice, we're more sensitive, Lord, understanding the ways of Satan and how he tempts us. That, Father, we're taking a, a deep look at our own lives, at ourselves, and realize, Lord, where we fall short and we're making some strives to clean it up this morning. Dear God, Thank you for your grace and your mercy in that way. And, Lord, we we need you so much, and we thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to live our lives in a way that it pleases you. We love you so much. We love you, Lord. And all we want to do, Lord, is we want to finish well and finish strong. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to even do that. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Brother Steve, come on up. We got a mic. I think we got that extra mic. you turn that mic on for me, please? Thank you. Come on, give give my brother a hand as he comes. He's going to encourage us.
1: Amen, church. Let's give God some praise for the word today. Remember, church, when you're going through temptation, that God is with you by your side the whole step of the way to lead you and guide you through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, also, a reminder, church, is that we got water baptism at 3 p.m. located at 150 Sousa Drive at Stafford. Uh, just please come out and uh, support our uh, new members that are about to get baptized today. Amen. Uh, we have prayer counselors available for anyone who may have any special prayer request. Uh Just please come forward after the service. Amen. Amen. And if I can go ahead and get you to stretch forth your hands so we can pray. Amen. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come out here today and hear your word. Uh, thank you so much for giving us the tools, Father God, to be able to combat the devil with temptation, Father God. You promised to never leave us nor forsake us, Father God. Uh, Father God, we pray that you please bless us, our families, our friends, our schools, our workplaces, our communities. Father God, in this church, Father, this we pray in your son Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.